Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Good News. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is not Angie. This is Eric Raymer sitting in for Angie. Either that or Angie's got a really grasp, graspy... She's really <laughs> sick. She's had a rough... She's really <laughs> sick. <laughs> And she's also 6'5". Oh, <laughs> she grew. And she lost her hair. So, yeah. <laughs> that was personal. Oh, Angie, I didn't say any of that, Angie. No, that was no. them. Ow. Them. Ow. We just All hijacked right. his intro. Well, what are you apologizing to Angie sorry, for? Eric. I'm the one with no hair. I'm sorry, <laughs> Eric. I didn't mean to throw you under the no, bus. No, no, it's all good. Welcome, welcome, Better, welcome. better the, you than Angie. Good news gals are here in the house, that's for sure. We got Jennifer Bishop. I think you were the instigator. No, never. <laughs> I'm telling. Never. Beatrice Bruno, how are you? The innocent one. I'm good. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, right. Hallelujah. A lot of adjectives come to mind, but innocent is not one of them. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> See, that was nice, huh? <laughs> <That'd be> nice. <laughs> Lupe Hurt, how are you? Hi, good morning. Good to have you on uh, with us. And Barb, uh, Barb Brooks, how are you? I'm doing well. Good, good, good. And uh, Michelle Betts, how are you? Fabulous. Nice. <laughs> I might say you look very nice today, too. <laughs> oh, thank oh, you so oh, much. You're welcome. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. All the sucking that, up. That is, not, that is not to the exclusion of anyone else in wow. the room. Y'all look great. Wow, Michelle, you and... look good today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jennifer, and you look don't like crap. Don't bring but... up the past. And I will. <laughs> yeah. You know, I skipped the week, but I didn't forget. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Got, I'm talking uh, about I'm talking about Beatrice. All right, she's all always right. talking about me, and that's you. not nice. Everybody, everybody's always talking about the drill sergeant of life. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And she's innocent. She's sweet. She's a sweet yeah. one. Sweet, yes. Drop and give me twenty. Whatever. <laughs> Ain't no innocent about that twenty push-ups. Uh-uh. All right. I can do it. I've been working out. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's do this. Uh, Producer Dave is the one who's trying to keep the reins Luck. on all of us. I just think yeah. you should count yourself lucky. All this hair I got is so cumbersome. Ah! <laughs> he just oh, no, you, you didn't. He jumped on <laughs> so the bandwagon. No, <laughs> it's, so it's, always, it's always dropping in my face. Wow. Always getting deep in here, y'all. Wow. Now I can't tell if he's blushing or if it's that tan he got from going out Not not everybody has such a glorious bald head as you. You and Bruce Willis. I could never wear it, so that's why God gave me hair. Wow. Whatever. You wear it well. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> anyway, I have a really cool story for us today. What, what do you got you know for what? us today? You know, sorry, I'm sorry. Can Wait, I say one dig thing? Dig a little deeper. Um, you know, maybe we could call Mon- Monique to hook you up with a nice lace front because Monique sells hair. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a Monique Davis. So yeah. Awesome. yeah. She does sell but hair. Don't you have to clip that onto something? No, we make it happen. Yeah, staple it into your head. They have hair glue. They've got hair glue. Okay. We got you. All right. Dave, Dave, dig us out of the hole, brother. So yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna change change the direction of this episode completely because we're all about to cry. Yeah, we're Um, we're all smiling though. This is uh, this is uh, it's so amazing. It's such a cool thing. So uh, one of the 
best, most awesome NBA athletes of all time. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame for sure. He is one of my favorites since he was a rookie. Uh, he's had such a spectacular career, Dwayne Wade. Oh. Not only um, does he represent the NBA in a way that a lot of other NBA players don't, let's just face it, some of them aren't exactly the best role models. What? Dwayne Wade is the opposite of that. He's he's a community leader. He's he's built himself up from the ground up, from b- below the ground up. He had such a hard childhood. He's such a genuinely nice, awesome person. So, one thing that he's done through his entire NBA career. So he's also retiring this year. This is last year. Last year in the NBA. Uh, but one thing he's done through his entire career is he'll take his jersey off and trade it with another one of his favorite players. So he's been collecting jerseys for years. He's got one of the most impressive bas- signed basketball jersey collections in the world. Wow. So um, uh, it, right is right before his last home game, the, the team wanted to do something. It was sponsored by Budweiser, but they got certain people to show up. They were going to trade not necessarily jerseys, but kind of do his same jersey trade. Yeah with him and they did it and they got these certain people so you need to i'm going to play the clip now and it's going to introduce these people and kind of what happened to Dwayne wade that day and it kind of also delves into his life and who he is as a person you know, and we have so no, get the tissues we, out we have no tissues a, you're We're all tissueless. Need, <laughs> you better get your sleeves ready then <laughs> i have no idea who's coming like literally no idea <laughs> Hello. Hi, Dwayne. Hello. Hello. How you doing, brother? Pretty good, and yourself? It's been about 12 years since I last seen you. I come from an area where not too many people make it. It was always my dream that I'd get the chance to go to college, but we just didn't have the money. You mean so much to us, and my brother, Joaquin, loved you from the beginning. He passed away in Parkland on February 14th. He was one of the 17 victims. 10 days before Christmas, our house burned down and we lost everything. It was one of the lowest points in my life. Hey, Dwight. How you doing, Mom? You were the joy of my life, but I was dropping the ball that day that I just couldn't do it no more was the day that I was going to have to turn myself in. And I seen the tears just fall from your eyes. Your mama went down a road, Dwayne, that I didn't ever think I'd come back from. But on that road, I noticed you kept showing up. And you'll come and see about me. And Dwayne, because you believe in me. When I got out of prison, I was a different woman. We received a phone call. Would you mind if Dwayne Wade take you and the family (laughs) on a shopping spree? It just meant the world to me that you were there for us at this time. Thank you. You became our hero. A lot of the words that you said hit a spark and kind of changed where I was going. Without you and your full tuition scholarship, none of this would have been possible. You're not way the basketball player, the legend. You're the human being that took the time and on his own, wrote my brother's name on his shoe, and you cared. When you bought your mama that church, you don't even understand the lives that you changed. So I don't have a jersey, but I brought you this. I don't have a jersey to trade with you. 
but I definitely have this the blazer that I wore to my first job interview. My cap and gown from graduation. This is important because Joaquin wore this in his last championship. My family wanted you to have it. Please don't forget my brother, Joaquin. Having you as a role model has made all the difference. One of the special robes that you gave me, purple symbolized royalty, and you are royal in everybody's life that you've touched. You completely changed the course of my life. I know my brother is with you always. It wouldn't be possible to be here if it wasn't you. I am more proud of the man you have become than the basketball player. You are bigger than basketball. I told you. Holy cow. Yeah. No, but how inspiring. He's always been great. He's always been such a classy guy. And then he really emphasizes how, you know, whenever someone's like, ah, oh, you know, sports, they're just stupid old sports. Sports are way bigger than just the game. Amen. Yeah. And always, they always have been. So. Yeah, you know, you, the, you get the athletes who say, I'm not a, a hero or a role model. And uh, you're, you're wrong. You know, if you make it to that level of the game, yeah. you are a role model uh, implied, right? And mm -hmm. uh, goodness, he's, uh, he's he's solid. The the story that we don't see, uh, but it's kind of referred to in that in that uh, little audio piece that we played there. His mom, mm -hmm. his mom went his to mom. prison. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She uh, mm -hmm. she had fallen on hard times and uh, chose chose some some wrong decisions and and. Uh, ended up going to prison, but yeah. uh, that's when she was saying, you know, every time you were there, you kept showing up. Kept yeah. showing up. And, and uh, showed up for so many people throughout his career. Right. When it could have just been about the money, mm -hmm. it could have just been Status. about the stardom, yeah. the inter being an entertainer. Instead, it was about humanity and what he could do for other people. No, and that's we all have special. that choice. We all have that choice. Um, this we morning do. on my Facebook page, I posted about the the starfish story and it's like you know the ladies at the beach and she's taking starfish and throwing them in one by one and somebody comes up and there's like millions so of, many starfish. You know, starfish and the person's like well why are you doing this you know and she's like i made a difference for that one that's right and it all it is is a simple one person start with one person start with one person and some Isn't days it's yourself right right we got to pull ourselves up some days because Believe me, there's some poopy days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there well is. said. Well said. Right. Pretty strong language, I know. When it comes... <laughs> poopy. <laughs> poopy. I like that poopy emoji. <laughs> so she was in jail from 1994 until 2001. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So his mom was in jail for that long. And then yeah. he was eight. In he was oh, wow. eight years old. And then came out of that, turned her life around... Became a and, minister. Uh, I know. Became a minister, <laughs> and Dwayne bought her a church. Give me chills. Right? Wow. <laughs> that not. Wow. You know, some people get really hung up on money. I know a lot of Christians do. Like money is the root of all evil. They say. That's not what the Bible says. No, it's the love of money. That's right. And it's like you know what? You need money to buy churches. To you know, I mean. So if yeah. God has on your heart big dreams, big plans, God wants us to prosper. I mean, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? Right. And and and, and that says, for I know the plans that I uh, have for you, you plans to prosper, prosper you and, and give you ahead. hope. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's you know I just I don't know we I, we have this conversation a lot with.
Christians, I think, uh, going around the table and saying, you know, I think you need to be poor. And, you know, I'm like, no. Well, let's talk about that for just a minute. And not so much the, the side of it that says, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to dial into the prosperity side of, no. of things. But I am going to say, what role does philanthropy have in each of our lives? And I, I would go so far as to say this to a business community. What role does philanthropy, philanthropy play in your business? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll go around the table. What do you, what do you think? Uh, and, and just jump in whenever you want. Uh, I think philanthropy should be the cornerstone of any business. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to equate to a financial investment. Mm-hmm. It could be volunteering. It could be, you know, um, fundraising. I mean, it, there's an assortment of ways of companies to be able to support the communities that they depend on to be a business. Right. Um, but it, it takes an organized effort. It takes commitment. It takes time. Yeah. Um, but the I think the outcome of support that any business could provide in their community is phenomenal because it changes lives. And I think what's beautiful about this story before we go on to someone else is I think what was cool was that he didn't realize the impact he was having on all these people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to have all these other people like come and give a part of themselves and and to kind of show the gratitude that, you know, Dwayne had or for Dwayne based on his actions, I think that's, I think, something that we should all take to heart. Like, you don't know how you're positively impacting when you do someone else good. Right. Um, right. And that is the beautiful thing about this ripple effect that mm-hmm. could go on without you even knowing the, how you're impacting. The sister of the brother who uh, passed away in the Parkland shooting uh, said, you know, and Dwayne probably never had a chance to meet this this young man. Right. But he was, you know, because of his stature in, in the NBA, he was this, this young man's uh, influence. Right. 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 So you, you asked about business. Yeah, I, I have my own business and, yeah. and, you know, I take it upon myself to one, you know, to mentor people like I believe Jesus would be mentoring people and be, you know, the hands and feet of Christ. And that's little things that I try to do. Sure. I always fall short, but, um, you know, went through divorce last year changed my home church now going to Flatirons Community Church and it's been amazing. I didn't really want to go to that big church. Um but oh my gosh. And um just two weeks ago Pastor Jim talked about people that own their own businesses really stepping it mm-hmm. up because we um we have an obligation yeah. to help and he wants to in uh, single mom poverty like you know like mentor these young women and then we also have a um, prison ministry and for one weekend this just blows my mind one weekend he had uh, several people on and in the the church raised five hundred thousand dollars in one weekend and they're starting a prison ministry they're going to have church in the prison because it's like 80 percent of people who are in prison who have kids 80 percent of their kids end up in prison right right and so i I just you know i'm like that's what i want to get behind that's you know um and um yesterday i'm just you know going through the divorce and trying to get my feet under myself and figure out my finances mm-hmm. i took the leap and donated 10 percent to flat irons and i'm like you know what um 
of my income and that was a big, you know, I'm like, okay, trusting in the Lord. Sure. Right? Sure. So, and again, this isn't a tithing. This isn't a, there's no guilt. There's no, I'm not saying I'm better. I'm, no, but they're connected. You, you know, they're, they're either loosely or directly connected uh, to, you know, giving. Philanthropy is giving. Right. That's right. Above, and, uh, above and beyond. That's right. And the tithing uh, is is a part of it. And I think it's a part of it that makes a lot of Christians uncomfortable. It is. Uh, you know, do I tithe before uh, taxes or after taxes? Do I tithe? You know, isn't that an antiquated system? Uh, does the church really need that much money? Right. You know, all those things. Um, and, and I just refer you to the scripture. Yep. Amen. For yep. that. Amen. Uh, the, the word of God says, give pretty, pretty and clear. it shall be given unto you. That's right. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men given to your bosom. There you go. You know, there you go. So that you can give some more. That's right. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, what's the sense of keeping it all? You, you know, some naked anyway. you came in this world and naked you shall leave. <laughs> <laughs> My mom always said, you've never seen a hearse behind, uh, or a casket. I'm sorry. You've never seen a U-Haul behind That's a right. hearse. A hearse. That's right. Yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Well, like Lupe said, it's not necessarily dollars like time yeah. and that you know how many you yeah, when you sit on what a board you you're either uh, mm -hmm. you're either on the board to give or get mm -hmm. right. so if you can't give then you get others to you know hopefully you um, drive the mission if you can give you give all right uh, looking at the time I want to make sure that we have uh, time because this is also part of uh, philanthropy if you will uh, I want to make sure that we have time to go around the room and uh, talk about some of the uh, events and activities that are going on. Uh, Beatrice, you've got uh, got an event coming up this weekend? Yes, Saturday, um, April the 20th. I'm going to be speaking at the Am I Really Ready, a relationship readiness seminar for single women. So single ladies, come on out to Bridgeway Church. Let's make sure that you're actually ready to be in a relationship and ready to get married. Because if you ain't ready, he probably isn't either. Oh, oh, and so oh, y'all oh, probably oh, don't oh, need oh, to be oh, together. Oh, I'm oh, just oh, saying. Oh, 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 I'm oh, just oh. saying. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you need a driver? <laughs> no, Eric, you are not going. No. It's like, wait no. a minute. Single ladies. <laughs> no. I don't good. know. He, it might be good for him or some other single gentleman to keep be right. hearing what. You're not going to ever find a pack of guys sitting around doing, doing this uh, right same right. thing. Right. So maybe to... I will take you. And if you. they're ready, yeah. hello. Here's, don't we here's need an example in? of the wolves at the, at the door. Watch out. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Just give you an idea. I've got somebody for you. Hold on. Okay. Oh. oh. You know, in this, I've, been, in, I've been trying. Philanthropy at its best. In this <laughs> All right, that's good. Back to Eric. All right, all right, let's let's wrap this bit. <laughs> Eric's let's... like, whoa, it's getting hot in oh, here. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, a, Barbara, he's turning red. Yeah, we got two minutes. Give us a quick update on what happened. Uh, your your uh, big event happened uh, last weekend, yeah? Yes, it did. Second Act uh, Biz Women uh, at BizCon happened last weekend. Uh, 125 women thoroughly enjoyed themselves. It's an event for women over 40, 50, and 60. Do you need a driver? And uh, right, <laughs> <laughs> my divorce group and needs drivers. Was, uh, <laughs> it was quite an amazing um it was a, it was a really wonderful blessed day and the amount of women we were able just by putting on us taking this vision and saying yes to our purpose which was to help other women mm -hmm. has has more than um exponentially uh, multiplied mm -hmm. um i know that was a double but uh it, the women that walked away sincerely were were happy to be amongst their own happy mm -hmm. to um to hear the word of agelessness and the fact that 40 is the new 40 50 is the new 50 we don't want to be younger because we are young 
That's right. And we can mm-hmm. do what we want. That's and right. we're living um, as as gleefully and as uh, as experienced. And uh, we're living our lives like we did when we were 20 and 30. Oh, Only difference is age. I mean, Lupe, right? Lupe, my time? work wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm along on the ride with her. Yeah. No, it was like, I, I, I second everything she said. I think what was beautiful was that women walked away inspired. Yeah. We had a chance to do that. And that's a blessing in itself. You know, thank you yes. for the report. We're grateful for each and every one of you who are tuning in for uh, copies of this uh, episode or any of the episodes. Uh, if you'd like for uh, to download, go to AngieAustinRadio.com. This is Eric Raymer sitting in for Angie, and we got the good news, gals. We've got Jennifer Bishop, Beatrice Bruno, Lupe Hart, Barb- Barbara Brooks, and Michelle Betts. And, of course, producer Dave, who makes the whole thing happen. Thank Thanks you so God much. God for producer Dave. Amen. We'll see you again right after this. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hello, my name is Donna. I worked for the ARC for six years and I loved every second. And I love working for the ARC. My favorite thing working for the ARC is I love everything about it. I love my managers and my coworkers. And it's just a pleasant place. And it's a place where you feel safe and loved. And they treat you like a family. The best deal I found at the ARC is I found a brand new litter box for my cat. <laughs> Call 303-238-JANE. 303-238-JANE. Or visit arcthrift.org. Please do your shopping at the ARC because you're shopping with the purpose. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Please enjoy this encore presentation of a classic segment of The Good News with Angie Austin. I'm really excited about today's guest. Before I introduce Roy, I want to talk a little bit about my brother, Roy. You know, I was in the news business for 20 years, and I lived in Los Angeles for about 11 of those years, and I worked for the NBC affiliate in Los Angeles. Well, my brother is homeless. He's still homeless. He's missing. I don't even know if he's alive right now, and it's, you know, really painful for me to talk about it. So I was at my station one day, and he came to the front of the NBC affiliate, and he was panhandling and asking my colleagues for money. And I'll never forget that day because I thought, what on earth happened that he is panhandling outside of NBC News in Los Angeles, and I'm working here as a weather woman? Like, how does that happen that you diverge like that? Well, uh, 
I want to introduce Roy Juarez Jr. because he is another Roy who was homeless when he was a kid, but he was able to find his way out. And I can so relate to Roy because, you know, we do have choices in our life. Even if we have a really bad start, we can turn things around. So, Roy, sorry, I'm so emotional. I'm so, wow. <laughs> I, I no, apologize. Wow. Um, no, 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 I just... Wow, I, I I didn't expect for our, our conversation to start off this way. And <laughs> I didn't it, either. It's a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing because you know it's it's an issue that I think that many people don't really see. And when they when they think about homeless people in general, for the most part, they just think about the person on the street. And there's so many different uh, levels of homelessness. You have the, for my work in particular, it's it's with youth. We have the, the street kid. We have the the couch surfer. We have the families that are doubling up, and but to start off with such an, a such a powerful story, such as the one you just shared, and and allow yourself to get so vulnerable with your your listeners, I I, I wow, thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> well, um, I want I want to give you a proper introduction since that you know I didn't <laughs> I didn't know it would bother me so much, but you know he and I were close in age, and I lost one right. brother to murder, and I have a, another brother that's um, fabulous, and so losing this second one is very painful to me because we were so close in age. So my Roy um, is older than you are. You're a, you're a younger Roy, Roy Juarez Jr. You're an activist for young people, specifically homeless youth. When I heard you once before, I was so touched by your faith because faith to me was really my escape route. Faith and education really helped me get out of my situation so I didn't end up on the Jerry Springer show, you know. <laughs> so I want you to talk about your testimony, if you don't mind, because I think you'll inspire a lot of people who think they don't have hope or they don't have a chance. You know, it's, it's interesting because I, I just flew in from, from yesterday, actually, evening from the Virgin Islands. And yes, there are children in the Virgin Islands who need motivation, too. Nice. <laughs> and I just flew in from the Virgin Islands. And um, I was there for four days with my mentors. We were traveling, and we were able to visit the incarcerated youth as well as some in, in, in homes, in uh, children's homes. And we were sitting there with them, and we asked a simple question of, what are your dreams? And the kids said, I don't have any dreams, sir. Oh. I, don't dream, I don't dream anymore. And it broke my heart because I remember being there, yep. being at a, at a point that, that, that I was living life and I was living out of this bag and and my, my, my mother had left, my father had left, my, my grandparents didn't want me. Um, my, they took my baby sister, but they didn't want myself or my baby brother. Um, my best friend's aunt was willing to take my baby brother, but they, they, they didn't want me. And I see how easy it is to, to just give up as, as a young person because you don't know what you don't know, and you're so young, it's easy to uh, give your dreams away without even knowing it. And which is why I'm so passionate about the work that I do, because that day I shared with the kids about my journey and, and how I gave my dreams away without even knowing it. And I said, but what I'm here today is I want to offer you a new dream. I said, a dream of hope, a dream of, of you being that change to, to not only change your entire life, but the lives of your family members. And so it was, it was just a, a very powerful um, session, and the blessing in that was that my mother, my biological mother, was able to be there with me. Wow. And so as I told the story of, of our brokenness, um, the kids, they, they started to sit up straight, and you could tell that they were listening. And as I got to the very heavy parts of our story, when I talked about the domestic violence, that uh, seeing my mother dragged through the house by her hair or, or having to get dressed in the room the, the, the next morning, after my mom was, was beaten, and I talked about how, how those were the longest mornings for me as a, as a kid because 
if I walked through that door, what was I going to see? Did, did, was my dad going to do what he said that he was going to do to her? And, and would it be my fault because I didn't leave the room the night before and help her? You know, and then so would it be my fault if he did? Right. Um, and just that, that pressure and the blame that you put on yourself as a, as a child. And so these kids, they, they start crying with me during the presentation, and I said, but you know what? Life gets so much better. Life gets so much better. You just cannot give up. I said, life has taken so much from us already, so specifically the, the youth that we were, I was working with. I said, life has taken so much from us already. Why give it your future, too? That is yours. No one else's. It is yours. Don't give it your future. And, Roy, I so, and, um, I so relate to that. I just want to say one sidebar thing here. I run into so many kids who people around them are making bad choices. I, too, grew up around the domestic violence and the drinking. And then I see kids turn and make bad choices like my Roy did and right. my brother. And I, t- I say to these kids, look, if everyone else is making bad choices for you, you're the only one that can make good choices for yourself. So don't date the wrong people. Don't accept abuse. Don't drink. Exactly. Don't do drugs. Go to school. You make the right choices for yourself because you right. have that choice. Exactly. And it's sometimes it's really hard to, to see that when you're in the storm, right. which is why we need everyone, every single person. It's not, you know, if, even if you don't have kids, these are all our children. And we need everyone to be an example for our young people, because sometimes you're the only example that they're going to have. Um, I encourage our teachers to, to, to give them the, our students the very, very best, because sometimes you are the only constant in their life. Absolutely. You're the only one that can teach them that, yes, it's beyond a subject. You're teaching them the science, the math, the, the, you know, you're teaching them all these subjects, but what you're also there for is the fact that you are a life changer. And you exactly. don't even realize it. So our teachers are extremely important. So even for the listeners, if you have children that, that have teachers, write a special note to that teacher and let them know that, that you appreciate them because it is a hard job with not much pay. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and thank you to all our teachers out there. I, I want to um, kind of take a turn back to your story here. Okay. Uh, um, because you mentioned that um, you're, you're <clears throat> no one wanted you. And that, you know, you couldn't stay with your biological mother um, and that, you know, other siblings were taken in, but no one wanted you. I so relate to that because that really does um, hurt your self-esteem and because you don't feel that you are lovable. You don't, if no one, if no one wants you, what's wrong with you, you begin to think, because I I felt the same way. So um, how... You hit the nail on the head on on what's, what's wrong with me. So, so how did you turn things around? So you're 14 and homeless. What happened? What, how, how did you get out? Well, you know, growing up, and, and I'll be completely honest, growing up, uh, we had started attending a church, and I was really involved in the youth group. And I was very involved, in, in, and I believed everything that they told me. Everything just went straight to my heart. And, and I remember one day, um, the deacon was driving me home, and I was carrying. A, I was I was just a, a little boy in, in elementary, and I was carrying a fake phone with me. And the deacon says, "Why do you carry that phone with you?" And I said, "Because one day, if I'm ever in trouble, I know that God will allow this phone to work just one time, so that I can call for help." You know, because I wow. believe that they said God can do anything, and right. I so I took them for their word. And that day, and the, the poor deacon, not not really knowing what they were doing, they said, "Oh, that's that would never happen." And in my mind, I thought, why not? Right. Don't, don't put limitations on, on God. You know, why, why couldn't he let it work? He could if he wanted to. Yeah, and he might and put some new batteries in that phone. Exactly, exactly. And so for me, when, when I was on the street, that was the only thing that kept me together. You know, I remember digging a ditch for extra money for, for a man 
and he he needed me to dig this long ditch, and it was really really tough work, especially in the in, in the summer in Texas. Right. And I'm digging oh. this ditch for this man so he can lay some pipe, and I so desperately wanted to just give up. But in my mind, I started singing the hymns that I grew up with to give me the inner strength to keep going. And I would always say, tell myself, there has to be a, bit, a greater reason why I'm here. I, I wasn't here for this. There has to be a greater reason. Roy Juarez Jr., his website you have to check out, homelessbychoice.com, because he was homeless at the age of 14. There was domestic violence in his home. His mother was a good woman, but when you're an abused wife, you're you become a little powerless to protect others because you can't protect yourself. And uh, he was able to get out of a situation, but I so relate to the moving around and having people say they couldn't take him. And that part just really cuts right to your heart. My faith was so helpful to me uh, as a kid. I I found my faith when I was basically in foster care with a relative at the time. And so Roy was mentioning as we left his faith as well and how it helped him get out of this difficult situation. So Roy, we kind of left off when you were homeless at 14, and I was asking you, how did you get out of this situation? And so I was on the street, and I was living with the family, and they said, you know, it's time, we think it's time that you go. And I said, okay, not a problem. And I packed my bag, and I was back on the street. I was actually in Dallas, Texas at the time. And I'm in Dallas, and I'm trying to figure out what am I going to eat, and where am I going to find a safe place to sleep tonight? So I sneak into a hotel, and I'm walking around trying to find food. And I see this banquet, and um, I see all these women, and they walk in, and I walk in with them, and I walk into this huge room, and I sit down in the very far back because I don't want anyone to notice me, and they serve me, and I start eating. Well, while I'm eating, this lady comes out to speak about her life, and I didn't really care what she had to say. I mean, I was there for this meal. But when she started to share her story and how she grew up in poverty and, and, and overcame all these obstacles to grow up to be the highest-ranking Latina woman in the combat support field of the U.S. Army, because her father always taught her to ask, why not me? And as I sat there, I thought, wow, well, she can do it. I can do it. So I went back to San Antonio, and I found my baby brother at my best friend's aunt's house, and I took him. And I took him to these ministers I knew, and I said, you know, Pastor Doris, I said, ma'am, I said, baby Ray and I have no place to live, but ma'am, if you allow us to live inside your church, I promise you, I promise you that we will clean it every Sunday and every Wednesday, and it'll be ready for all your services. Well, Pastor Doris looked at me, and she says, you're not going to live in this church. She says, you're going to live with me under one condition. And I, I had all these families tell me one condition. And I'll be honest, there are some families that took me in that were awesome, and there are some families that, that uh, they, 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 they weren't so good. And um, I was scared of what this one condition was. I'm, I said, sure, well, what do you I'm want? sure you were. Yeah, what do you want? And she says, excuse me? I said, what do you want? I said... Everybody wants something. What do you want? And she said, Roy, she says, Roy, I just want you to go back to school because I had dropped out. She says, if you're going to live with me, you will be in school. And that's all that I wanted. That's wow. all that I was tired of, of living out of this bag. I was tired of not knowing if I was going to eat. I was tired of knowing if, if the parents that took me in, were they going to be good to me? Were, were they going to expect things from me because I lived with them? You know, I was tired of all that. And... I said, that's all you want. And she says, that's all I want. I enrolled as a third-year freshman in high school and, and became a sophomore and a senior, and that changed the entire course of my life. Wow. And how old was your brother when you brought him there to that pastor's house? Oh, by this time, baby Ray was probably four, three or four. So he was that I, I, little, and you'd taken him, and you were a teenager. 
I was, yes, I was a teenager. I was a teenager. Oh, and I, I love that kid. He is such a good kid. I love that kid. Well, you, uh, you, you then, well, and that, 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 you mean, you probably helped save him too by getting him into a good environment. So, in terms well, of you your. Know, it, it took, Go ahead. It took an entire community to, to save my family. Yeah. You know, and, and I believe that's why it's so important that we as a community should come together and help all our children because there were so many families who fed me, who housed me, who clothed me, who, 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 who supported me. And if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here today. And if it wasn't for them, I would have never done the tour that I did. I did a Homeless by Choice tour, and no, no grants, no sponsors, ran over $200,000. But I was able to, I lived out of my car for two and a half years, circled the entire country, and worked with over 100,000 young people throughout the country. Wow. That is amazing. Do you feel compelled to give back because you got out and you want other kids to get out of homelessness and poverty? I feel compelled to try to help because I wish someone was there for me. And I, there's no way that I cannot help and know that kids were suffering. Kids are suffering the way that I suffered. Right. Well, and how did you get it? I don't want them to hurt. What got you through the tough times? <sighs> I used to journal a lot. I used to, I used to write a lot of letters. Um, and I used to read my Bible, and I used to... Um, those were the two main things that, that really got me through, um, the journaling, um, which is interesting, because it, now that I'm an adult, people pay to go take classes on journaling, and I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, did you ever... I just wrote it again. I just wrote it again on the junk out. <laughs> I love it. Did you ever find a woman that you heard speaking? Because that was... I, I'm sorry, that was I like did. a God moment. I did. Really? She... I... I I heard her speak. I went and grabbed her card, and I left. Well, I ran into her by chance, or we shouldn't say chance, but I ran into her uh, seven years later. I'm in community college, and the dean comes up to me and says, Roy, we have a guest speaker coming this evening. Would you be willing to introduce her? I said, sure, miss. I said, who is it? She goes, her name is retired Lieutenant Colonel Gonzalo Castillo Kickbush which was the same lady who had seven years earlier was speaking in that hotel I stuck into. I said, I would love to introduce her. And nobody knew my story. No one knew my story. Um, I I, I didn't share it then. And so that day I stood there, and I couldn't hold back the tears, and I said, I can't believe I'm about to introduce this woman. I said, "Um, no one knows this. She doesn't know this, but I heard her speak seven years ago when I stuck into a hotel as a homeless teenager to grab a free meal, and she gave me so much more that day. And so she's been my mentor to this day. She's actually the one that I was doing work with in the Virgin Islands as we were visiting the children in the island. Wow. Um, but we do a lot of partnering together to, to try to create a positive impact. What was her reaction world. when she heard she that... She cried. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet she, she did. She cried. I cried. The audience was crying. But two weeks later, I got um, asked to speak at her book signing. She has a book called Journey to the Future, A Roadmap to Success. And two weeks after that, I got hired in her company as a, for a three-month internship that lasted for two years. Wow. At the, at the end of the two years, she says, Roy, you need to go. And I said, are you, are you firing me? And she says, no. She says, you can't work for me all your life. She says, you need to go finish your education and chase whatever it is that you want for your life. And I said, I, I couldn't hear anything else other than I was fired. So I said, Miss, why are you firing me for? <laughs> right. And, says, and, and, and did you feel it was another rejection in your life? Yes. Yes, yes. And so I had to learn to sort through all of that. And so it, it did. It felt like you don't want me anymore, but she says, Roy, you need to finish college. You need to finish school. 
So I went off. I said, she says, where do you want to go? I said, well, I don't know, miss. I said, where do you go to college? She said, I went to Hardin-Simmons University in Abilene, Texas. I said, well, then that's where I want to go. I, I applied. I got accepted to Hardin-Simmons. I took off to college, lived in the dorms. Um, in 2009, I graduated with my master's degree in business. Oh, that's terrific. And so it's just been, it's been an amazing journey, but it's, it's a journey that got me this far just to allow me to turn around and try to help as many young people as possible find the same path. If you're just joining us, Roy Juarez Jr., he is an activist for young people, specifically homeless youth, because he was homeless at the age of 14. And he was able to get out, get his education. He was inspired by a woman that he met again later in life and told her, hey, you know, you, your speech was life-changing to me. I want to know, uh, Roy, what I, I know you're so dedicated to getting young people, specifically homeless kids, kids who are in a poverty-stricken situation, out. So if somebody's listening right now and they feel helpless, or hopeless. What is your message to them? I would share the same message that I shared with my baby sister. Love yourself enough to give yourself a chance. My little sister found herself in a very tough situation and she was beating herself up because she didn't love herself. And I said, you know, please, please love yourself enough to give yourself a chance. You know, 77.6, that is the the life expectancy for someone who lives in the United States. 77.6. What that means is that we only have 77 summers, 77 winters, 77 Christmas mornings. Let's not waste a single one of them with the people that we love and hold dear. Absolutely. Uh, and, and how's your mom? How's your family now? My mom is amazing, amazing. Uh, my mother and I are extremely, extremely close because, you know, my education taught me to separate the illness from the person. Yeah. My mother loved us. She was just broken in her mind and in her heart. But I could be that change and teach her how to love again. And today we are extremely, extremely close. I love that woman. How do you find? How do people find you and get in touch with you? Um, they can visit my website at homelessbychoice.com, homelessbychoice.com, or even find me on Facebook at Roy Wattis Jr. Oh, you say um, it right. My, uh, Jorge, Jorge is Jorge is my right hand man. And yesterday he tried to uh, teach me how to say Juarez, and he said Juarez. No, I'm like Juarez, and he kept trying to teach me how to say it. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. Okay, not a problem. I, I hand it to all. Well, I just I just think you're a real blessing, and I, I just so appreciate you joining me. I'm going to have you join me again so we can talk longer about your story because I, I can relate so much to uh, what you've gone through, and I, I I admire that you're trying to help other kids get out. So thank you so much. Roy Juarez Jr., homelessbychoice.com is his website. Thanks, Roy. Thank you so very much. Have a blessed day. Come to any of the YMCA of the Rockies locations to fill your days and nights with our exciting and educational programs and activities. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we put Christian principles into practice with our fun and informative programs. And our facilities are located in stunning environments that help build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. We also provide conferences of a religious educational or recreational nature and we specialize in offering traditional summer camping experiences for boys and girls at the ymca of the rockies every season brings affordable fun and excitement for the entire family ymca of the rockies has locations near winter park rocky mountain national park and grand lake go to ymcaoftherockies.org whether you are looking for adventure a better way to connect with your family or just a relaxing stroll we can set you on your way that's ymca of the the 
Rockies.org. Welcome back. Angie Austin here. I'm sure you're aware that record amounts of rain and snow have caused serious flooding in many parts of the nation. And incredibly, all 50 states have experienced flash floods in the past two years. We've had a couple of doozies near me up near Estes Park that have really destroyed some of the roadways and uh, businesses. Another sad fact is that most homeowners do not have flood insurance and have not taken basic precautions to prevent flood damage. Joining us today to share important tips for prepping for the problems that can result from even minor flooding is weather damage expert Carice Morrison of USAA Insurance. Welcome, Carice. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So let's talk uh, first about how serious flooding has gotten in the past two years. I was a little shocked by that stat that all 50 states have had issues in the last two years. I know, and in fact, no home is completely safe from the potential of flooding now. And floods, as you mentioned, can be such an emotional and financial devastating event. So going without flood insurance um, leaves a resident, a property owner, to have to pay out of pocket for their loans or take out loans to repair and replace their damage. So considering flood insurance, um, knowing your risk is so important to prepare if in the event you do have a flood. All right. So what does someone do to make sure that they have the proper coverage? Well, Again, understanding that floods are the number one natural disaster in our country, um, one can contact their insurance professional and help them, uh, work with them to walk through the risk, understanding the risk that they have, and understanding the coverage options would be so important because floods can happen to anyone, anywhere. And, and when you do that, you will learn that your typical homeowner insurance policy does not cover floods. Um, And most folks um, may not be aware of that. So it's important to understand that the typical homeowner policy does not cover flood, but there is flood insurance available through the National Flood Insurance Program. That does have a 30-day waiting period, though, before it goes into effect. So acting now, contacting that insurance professional now is so important. So your waiting period can come and go, and then you have your policy effective when you need it. All right. In addition to uh, the insurance and making sure you get it in time to cover you, what are some ways we can prep and protect our property from a flood? Well, first off, one thing I'd like to mention is I recommend folks create an inventory of their personal items or their valuable items, along with pictures of those items. And basically, this is just a list, a list of their items along with pictures. And they tuck that away in some safe place, maybe at a bank safety deposit box or in higher levels of their home. Um, So then if they do have a loss, they can pull that list out and show that to the insurance adjuster, or they themselves can use it to remember what they had and what they need to go about to replace those items so they can get back on their feet as soon as they can. Also, um, I recommend that if you are experiencing a flood and you're in, or you know that a flood is imminent, rather, that you raise your items um, as high as you can. If you're in a two-story home, maybe get them, get them off the first floor. If you have a basement, certainly get them out of the basement to try to minimize the loss to those items. And then something that I think is so important, and this is about protecting one's life and your loved one's lives, is taking the time now to know where the evacuation routes are in your community and know where the places of shelter are in your community. So 
if you do have to find yourself um, leaving your home because a disaster is threatening, you know where to go and how to get there. Love that. Now, is it similar for renters in terms of getting a policy to protect their things? And then they can obviously follow those same tips you mentioned there as well. Yes, there are similarities. But at at USAA, we have a renter's insurance policy that does cover floods. So our renter's policy will cover floods. In addition to that, the National Flood Insurance Program also offers a product that covers floods for those folks that rent where they live, whether it's a home that they're renting or an apartment they're renting, that they can get access to coverage for their personal items. That makes sense. All right. Any other tips to uh, to, to uh, end with? I would just like to refer folks to our website. Uh, you can find our website at usaa.com slash flood, and that would be a great resource for information, more information about flood preparedness and insurance. It's In addition to our website, the federal government has a website, and you can access that at floodsmart.gov. That's floodsmart, one word, .gov. So those are two great online resources. And then again, as I mentioned earlier, just contacting your local insurance professional would also be a resource. And Carice, would you give your website again? I've got the floodsmart.gov, and would you give yours again? Yes, it's at usaa.com slash flood. Excellent. Thank you, Corey's Great info. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, sponsored interview. I appreciate you very much. Uh, when we team up with partners like this, it really helps keep our show on the air. And you as well help keep our show on the air. So thank you for supporting the good news. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.